Hey, welcome back to another episode of Grounded with Dilly Dave. In this episode, we're diving into the vibrant world of Melbourne's hip-hop scene with the dynamic MC Sixpence. Sixpence isn't just any MC. He's a lyrical powerhouse known for his bar-heavy style and electrifying energy. From spontaneous freestyles in Melbourne's alleys to commanding major stages, Sixpence has quickly become a favorite amongst fellow MCs and audiences alike. Join us today as we explore the local hip-hop hotspots in Melbourne, delving into Sixpence's recent performances, and we discuss his diverse and impressive music catalogue. Sixpence shares insights into his journey, his inspirations, and the stories behind his latest releases. For those eager to dive deeper into Sixpence's musical world, make sure to check him out on Spotify and SoundCloud. His tracks are a testament to his talent and versatility. Prepare to be immersed in a conversation filled with passion, rhythm, and the heartbeat of Melbourne's hip-hop scene. Let Sixpence's story and music inspire and energize you. (laughs) Also, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist called Grounded Tunes, where the music of guests will be added every week for your enjoyment and consumption. Cheers. Yo, what's good? Beings of the Multiverse, it's Dilly Dave, aka the Milky Bar Kid, back at it with another episode of Grounded. Today we're joined by the sweet wordsmith himself, Sixpence. Bro, thanks for coming on. Oh man, my pleasure. I'm really stoked to to do this. Yeah, well, it's the second time round, isn't it? We had a uh, a COVID remote session about a year and a half. We did, yeah. It sounds... Raunchy and wild. Yeah, um, we had a little bit of a fun free. We might not be we might not be able to do the freestyle today, but I'm sure we'll be able to uh, flex in other ways. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, so before we get really into it, you know, this this podcast is called Grounded. So I think a really good way to acknowledge or to get grounded is to acknowledge the sacred ground that we're recording on. So mm-hmm. just like to pay my respects to the Boonarung and the Wurundji people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay respects to elders, past, present, emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, no treaties were signed, and yeah, just like to show some gratitude for being able to record in this space and share our stories. Absolutely. Cool. Pence. What up? The man who's been round in the scene, rounding up them fiends, man. Uh, You've been... Cattle. Cattling them. Cattle dog. You've been prodding a lot of people, (laughs) man. Um, So coming off the back of the Ruckman gig. Oh, yeah. That was pretty huge, man. Um, That was dope. Give us the lead up to that, and then, uh, you know, in terms of setting up, how it got organized, and then um, your experience on the night, man. Um, well, it was just, in terms of, like, I think how I got attached to that, um, I pretty much, I caught Ruckman at that, that battle, the Chazza battle. Thank you. And um, Oh, yeah, true. You saw that live. No, I didn't. I uh, actually came late, because it started uh, really early, and I had things going on during the day, and I felt really bummed about that. I yeah. saw, saw the video. I was mad. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. 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 It was dope. Um, it's good to see Ruckman back in the battles. Yeah, scene. no doubt. He's a killer, man, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, um, and, you know, he was telling me I was thinking about doing a launch um, for his album, and obviously I've got a track on the album, yeah. Indebted. Um, and I just said to him, hey, man, um, we're releasing a project around the same time. Um, if you just want to do some, some sort of joint thing or if I can help out in any way, maybe we can do that. Yeah. And he's kind of like, yeah, cool, man. I'll have a think about it. And then I get added to this group chat later on um, with, you know, Breaking Bread. And um, 
Uh, so Shining and T. Shining, yep, exactly, yep. Um, and yeah, and I found those Cactus Room as well, which I was really stoked about because one of our faves. We all, we all love Cactus Room. Fucking love for Cactus. great reason. Shout outs. Absolutely. Okay, so you were almost the initial spark. Is that some good shit? Always. Ooh, Ooh decaf. I've got, a, I've got a decaf mocha, and I'm I'm repping this bad boy right now. Ooh, shit. We're out here today at um at Little Henry's. Uh, we haven't been here before, but Little um, Henny. It looks like they're really uh, giving us a treat. <laughs> What'd you say? Little Henny. Little Henny. Oh. Yeah, everyone's fucking chooking tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you were the initial spark to kind of get that gig going in a way. Oh uh, no, I think I think um, they're already planning it. I, uh, yeah, I couldn't take credit for that. I just think it, it birthed the idea to Ruckman to maybe put me on as a support. Yeah. Um, and for that, I'm very grateful because that was dope. And I've always wanted to do something in Cactus. Yeah. Um, and I felt, felt like it was very well received. I woke up with like a pretty dodgy throat and I ended up losing my voice pretty harshly about two thirds of the set. But um, I think I still was still really happy with how it went and all that. As the audience has mentioned, from the audience perspective, it didn't seem like you really lost it. Yeah. No. So um, I certainly know that feeling where in your mind you're like, this is not my tip top. This is not what I think to my best. Like, you know, there's something either holding me back or whatever, or I'm kind of fighting something. But uh, you really fucking soldiered on. And it's a testament to your, your stagecraft where you're like, uh, I'm just going to push no matter what. Thanks, you man. Yeah. Like maybe you didn't have, uh, you know, cancer or anything. Like maybe you didn't have anything crazy serious but you were able to like you know some people would just say i can't do it yeah you know there would be some people who would do that oh i know i was so i was so determined and so happy to be a part of that that nothing i don't think anyone's really gonna stop me you know hey because last time i wrote ruckman was for the space rap rodeo i think or was it kudos's kudos's album launch that was that yeah. was more recent that's right yeah and you did you would have done a feature track with kudos that night uh I no, I think I jumped up at the end of Mono's set and we did uh, freestyle for me and Shining. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was also awesome. Shouts to Mono. Shouts to Mono, Kudos, all Shining. these cats. Yep. Hey, we're really lucky to have so many people in the scene that are doing their thing and it's really like nice. It's blooming. I feel like there's some older veterans who are coming back and I feel like their energy is being sparked by the younger people, kind of like all the newer people doing their thing as well. Yeah, man. I feel like that's kind of the vibe, you know, there was, uh, post-COVID, there were newer people coming out doing things, and I think other people who had been doing it for a while were a bit more apprehensive or something. Yeah. Um, but as soon as the the vets kind of see everyone else doing things, it's like, what am I waiting for? There seems to have been like an ignition, you know? Um, yeah. Were you at the barbershop gig the other day? No, I wasn't heard of. I saw like Mantra and Enfer Jones and shit were there, you know, so... That's huge. Yeah, it's dope to see... Uh, that happening, you know, saw like them in a photo with like Kudos and like uh, mm. Toby and all that, 2207. Um, right. Sweet, you know? Yeah, because well, um, it means a lot for other rappers to see the older heads or people that they've looked up to or people that they know of operating in the same scene, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Not, yeah, operating and also just showing up and, and showing that they're, they're watching and mm. that there's an appreciation there. I don't know, like it's funny because... There's, a, there's obviously a bit of a division there, but you don't really question it until you see it connect. And then you're like, well, why hasn't this necessarily always been connected? And I guess yeah. this, this brings up other questions. Yeah, well, it's hard to know. I, like, for me, it's hard because I don't know any other scenes to compare to. I don't know the dynamics of any other scenes. All I know is with Melbourne is, like, there's there's a hundred different pockets and, like, most of them are pretty cool. Some people are, like, a little either protective of themselves or what they're group is doing but i think most people 
are open to connecting with other scenes and stuff. It's just like a lack of either going out or awareness or something. I think you're right. I think another uh, huge helping factor for that has been don't sweat the technique. Mm. Yeah, because that's been bringing together lots of different facets and groups of pockets, like you said, of hip hop together and like really in a celebratory way, it feels. Yeah, bring it kind of brings together um, like the like the musicians because there's musicians that are rappers and then there's like rappers that are that are that are rappers and then there's people who want a place to go and freestyle but then there's other people who want a place to go and experience good music yeah and i think that yeah don't sweat the technique really does having the live band there you know kind of led by shorty and, and and his crew um i think it really ups the 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 quality or the bar for other people so the people who do want to come up and spit their stuff you know there's a little feels like there's a little bit more at stake you know it does but it always feels really welcoming and inclusive um right like the mic's open yeah you're encouraged there's always encouragement there's always um that's why it's a celebratory it's got a real sort of positive atmosphere to it i feel like um yeah that was also shared pretty well at the dojo too Monon did well at curating that yes but but it's a little bit more uh intimidating because it's kind of like more hardcore hip-hop i think with the live band you have a bit more i don't know how, how would you put that like um, it creates an energy that's I can feel a little more inviting. I feel yeah, it's a friendlier wave. That's interesting you say that. I honestly find the band, the live band, more intimidating than the uh, than the DJ decks, instrumentals, somebody emceeing, and them just like pumping that's, through MCs. That's a fair point. But maybe that's just because I'm more familiar and I've done that more. Yeah. But for me, like, there's a an incredible wall of sound that you're negotiating with when you're um at don't sweat the technique you know you're you're rapping while this really quality band is doing their thing on the fly the the whole time and um you know some people thrive in that scenario um you know i I find sometimes it's actually hard to kind of struggle and not compete or contend with it but like feel like you can sit in a groove somewhere Dear Lord, damn, that was that was my watch. His role he's making fucking noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my watch it doesn't even work, bro. Oh man, it um, works if you wanted to knock somebody out. That, that's right, <laughs> it's a weapon. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's a really good point. I think the one thing that I find difficult about that setting is this. Which one? Um, uh, shock kickers. Yeah, is there's not a lot of there's so many people trying to gain access to the mic and there's not a lot of order necessarily around uh that i'm not not trying to critique how it's run i'm just it's just an observation i've had and that that something that um i feel a little bit intimidated about but that's just that's also just a personal thing as well no i think uh you raise an interesting point and the point is what is the role of an mc you know and um you know, Mono as an MC knows how to get through rappers. He knows how to turn them over. There's an understanding where it's like, I really can't be doing too much more than a 16 unless I'm absolutely killing it and everyone is like really vibing and they want me to like stick around. I think, uh, you know, the dojo, there being two mics, one for Mono and one for the other person, it's like you can't, you can only hold on to it for so long. Yeah. And I think it does train MCs to be a little bit more conscious of how much time they spend up there. Yep. Because it's not, it doesn't feel so much as a jam. It's like people are out there just fucking trying to rap and bring bars. Yep, yep. So that's my kind of 
it feels harder with the band thing to like get people on and off and but I mean you know at the end of the day like it is the same job and the same job is communicating to the people around you how we should be moving yeah definitely I think the I think the host like kind of holding onto the mic works as well for lots of different reasons one for I guess a controlling sort of factor but two mm. um, I feel like both Mono, Mono and Toomey do a great job of this uh, um, and I like Kudos did a great job of this when he was hosting as well like the, the job is to kind of maintain a high baseline energy and um, uh, standard yeah, uh, yeah and so like say like you have a whole bunch of different performers bringing a whole bunch of different energies it's important to every so often come back to the host to to, to elevate not necessarily elevate but to, to hold and stabilize that, that energy yeah. you know what I mean to, to keep people in it calibrates um, it yeah absolutely yeah. and they need to really sort of channel the whole uh, spirit and energy of the event itself in that as well you know yeah because there is something to maintain throughout it like the, the, there is and it's not necessarily I mean it's kind of a quality thing but it's a, it's a show thing you have to maintain a level of a show because if people who are the audience members are watching things it has to kind of maintain a certain level of whatever it is, yeah. you know, whether it's skill or sound or, yeah. co- you know, being coherent. Um, That's its representation as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very cool. Like, Toomey as an MC, I mean, he is essentially creating songs on the fly with people. Yeah. Right, which is really dope. And um, quite the experience if you're not really used to doing that and also quite the experience if you are used to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um and so you can't always necessarily just go in with your own 16 in your head thinking that it's just going to be able to fit fit in wherever. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be... That really tests how malleable yeah. people are. Yeah, it's true. You've got to be sort of dynamic and versatile. Yeah. Not necessarily versatile, but I guess you've got to feel into the energy and try to accommodate. Yeah, it becomes less about you and more about the overall thing. The, crea- the, dojo- the creation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas the dojo is like... Everyone wants their little time to yeah. shine, which is great, which is what people need and is like... It feels oh, like gladiatorial games at the dojo. It's a little bit like I that. I love that. <laughs> but, it, but the dojo is still like, once you go there for a few times and get the feel of it, it doesn't feel overly competitive. No, no, not at all. Um, also, just close the distance a tiny bit. I feel like it's, yeah, um, it's, it's healthy competition and it's, it's yeah. like, I feel like there's a bit more of a push at the dojo in, in, in a really great way. I yes. feel like it helps people grow. Um, and people feel really accomplished after jumping up there as well. It's satisfying, especially like just the, just being able to overcome nerves or overcome like your own inner critic or dialogue or whatever that is happening there. You know, if you're not, you know, there's only so many people that are really used to freestyling regularly and having it as a thing that they can just like have down pat and are confident with, yep, yep. right? It's like with many things, if you don't do it for a little bit, you're a little bit out. And if you don't really do it that much at all, you know, it takes it's quite a bit to do. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, we're lucky in Melbourne to have choice and variety in these events and shows that we it's can go to. such a high to. standard, man. Like, I'm yeah. always so impressed whenever I go to these events. Yes. Yeah. Especially Shock Kickers, like... Uh, yeah, no doubt. Look, you know, like everyone... Like, the thing is with Dojo, like whether you are bringing your own like written or not like there's obviously a a mixture of it but like it feels more impressive at shot kickers that don't sweat the technique when things are like gelling and happening that feels a lot more satisfying impressive than like 
somebody just ripping their bars, which they've already like potentially ripped a hundred yeah. times or whatever. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, you, I would completely agree with that. I, but it's also like it's an apples and oranges thing. They're both so impressive in just different ways. Yes, that, yeah. Yeah, that's why I think yeah, I think uh, yeah, because the, the the coolest thing is that they're not directly competing with each other in any way there's yeah. a cool overlap and then there's cool difference as well there's some people that would never go to the dojo or have been to the dojo and don't want to go back to the dojo who would want to go to don't sweat the technique yeah exactly and vice versa so i think that's really cool um the most recent gig that you did uh the ruckman launcher cactus yep. um was there a bit? There was a bit of a distance or gap between that and the last gig that you had. Is that right? Was there a few months? Uh, no, no, I think I did one at Bad Decisions for. Uh, uh, okay. For what happened? Was Shout- that a Thursday or a Sunday? Oh, I think that was a Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got one of them coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Very dope. What do um, you think? Bad Decisions. I actually really liked it. I it's it was, a great setup. Yeah, it's it's really dope. Um, the owner was really great to chat to. Um, is that Frosty or Matt? Uh, Matt. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's good. good guy. Um, Bar guy. Yeah, the guy, guy from Perth, I believe, or Westside, or Western Australia. Tatted up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was really impressed with the, the band room upstairs. Like, I feel like the, yes. the sound was on point. The yep. lights were on point. Yep. There was a freaking smoke machine. Yes. Um, and it it's intimate, but it's also large. And yeah, yeah the, the, the room's deep. It's not too wide, which means that people are funneled towards you. Um, it doesn't matter where you're standing in that room. It sounds good. Yeah. Um, the stage is big enough, but it's not too big. It's, it's, it's elevated, but only slightly. Yeah. So you're very much like there with the punters, the people yeah. in the audience. Yeah, that's right. And I think before that gig as well, there was also one at Laundry, which was organized by Frosty. And that was kind of more of like a hardcore underground boom bap yep. one, uh, cool. which was cool to do as well because I got to kind of dip into a bag that I don't normally get to and necessarily in a whole lot of other gigs. In terms of your tracks and sounds? Or yeah. Other yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because, you know, as an MC, you, you, you explore different kinds of music and sounds. Right. Um, and I've always been a, uh, a connoisseur of some pretty, like, hardcore sort of variety that I don't necessarily feel that comfortable uh, performing all the time or that will be... Uh, received in the way that I want to deliver it. Right. Um, but that was something I got to like explore at Laundry at that gig, and that was yeah really awesome as well. Cool. Um, were there any cool acts on the bill that really stood out to you? Um, yeah, Scumrow was on there, and he killed it. Scumrow. Um, yeah, Poets One killed it. Omega Men killed it. Um, hey. I didn't get to stay for the entire thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely shouts to those guys. Bit of impressive lineup. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the quality was high as well. Yeah. Good crowd. Yeah, peeps. man. Yeah. Rowdy crowd. Nice. Vibrant crowd. Uh, yeah, just, just what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you are, when it comes to performance, like your performance doesn't seem completely re- reflective of your complete catalog, which is crazy and insane and is filled with many different tracks and flavors. But um, I think you really understand the idea of uh, live energy in a performance and what tracks are going to create hype or generate you know some like a wave for you and the people to kind of ride yeah i think um i kind of choose what tracks i'm going to perform based on my performance style which is 
pretty much just based on me establishing a sense of comfortability for myself when I'm performing. Yeah. I like to put play hardcore songs because it, it kind of allows me to channel a, a version of myself that is comfortable when performing. Right. I feel uncomfortable if I'm like doing a whole set full of lo-fi stuff. I think mm. in a sense it does feel a lot more vulnerable because it feels softer. I feel like... Um, I, I give a better performance when I delve into a more of a confident side for myself and yeah. I know that I have the ability to kind of harness a certain energy and be able to deliver that so right. I, lo I love like you know getting really hype on stage that's yeah, yeah that works for me so it kind of allows you to create this um, this new context for you to perform differently than than how do you kind of normally because yeah I mean you, you do have a whole lot of like lo-fi chiller tracks a lot of uh, deep thinking a lot of you know really cerebral stuff you know there's some stuff that you know you could really enjoy you know on weed or whatever and then there's stuff that is um quite contrast to that like super hype like uh but then you also in some tracks i feel like you're able to balance both those sounds and energies like um in your hugs and kisses new release is that ep hugs yeah. and kisses uh yeah, Nosferatu. yeah. What, Nosfer nosferatu nosferatu yeah that's a good kind of combination of you know there is some chill boom bap in there but then there's almost like this trap hype energy in yeah. there as well man i'm stoked that you said that because that's kind of how i think about that ep um i've released three eps this year the first one was called hummingbird and then yeah. the second one was chupacabra and um hummingbird was really kind of soft and lo-fi mm. chupacabra was really in your face and aggressive and yeah. i feel like with the new one um pxoxo i feel like that's it, it was a good blend it yeah. was kind of like it was kind of like a, a cheeky it's like a tongue-in-cheek like lo-fi boom bap but still had like attitude in it and yeah i feel like that sound actually represents me because i get to hold both sides of myself yeah it feels uh it feels like a very full picture and um it just doesn't feel like a taste of pens it feels like a fucking full picture of pens yeah and it's funny because i those all those tracks I had that EP mastered like last year. Like yeah, that's just no been shit. sitting away, it's ready to go. Yeah, and I just wanted to do videos for Nosferatu and Moonray Leota. I didn't yeah. get to do one for Nosferatu, but yeah, we finally do one for Moonray Leota, and I said, run it. That's really cool. Um, yeah, man, both you and Journeyman really, uh, really bring it on there. Like, it's really cool the combination of triplets on boom bap and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know? New uh, terrain for me. Oh, yeah. like it's stuff that I've explored with uh, in the past, but. And every so often, I like to get back into it, um, but it definitely doesn't come as natural to me, but I can still find a way to inject my, myself and my energy into it, you know? And there's a lot of clean writing in there. Like, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's clean lyrics. I'm saying the writing is clean and it's so precise and, like, well, well gelled in. Like, the patterns you pick, how long you stick with them, you know, the multi-syllable multi rhymes and stuff. Um how how happy are you with your pen game <laughs> and 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 like how long has it taken you to kind of feel maybe as comfortable as you do now with it um just going to close this i think in terms of the development of my craft i think the i've always been aware that the writing aspect has been my 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 strength um I think it was things like voice were the, are the things that I developed in full a bit later. Yeah. Um, so I think I've always had a sense of confidence about my writing. I'm okay. not trying to be cocky, but that's just because no. I always felt like that was my strength when it came to music. Right, right. Um, I would say currently I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think there are, I, I want to 
start to push the boundaries more. Like I've, okay, I'm always creating music, um, and so I've been behind the scenes creating a lot more experimental stuff and dipping into a lot more sort of emotional topics, uh, which I, I do anyway. But I'm just trying to, I'm. I'm trying to yeah get out of my comfort zone a little bit uh, in terms of writing more emotionally. Yeah, just writing and just exploring new topics and areas. Okay. You know, I can, you know, I've, I've been doing the punchline stuff and whatever for a long time, and I can do that. But um, and I still will do that. Yeah. But I'm still trying to broaden my spectrum a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, is it the Wild Roses track that you did off the most recent EP? Is yeah. a cool romantic track. You know, it has the steez, but then also has some heartfelt shit in there. Yeah, that's right. And like I, I, I tend to kind of have a song in every EP or whatever that's a bit more vulnerable introspective yeah. or emotive so yeah I think for that EP it was Wild Roses yeah so the way that you're currently looking to challenge and push yourself is to dig deeper for those stories and stuff um yeah I think so um dig deeper and just try to inspire myself in different ways yeah yeah because I think um I'm inspired by whatever I'm really invested in within a certain time period musically. Um, so if I'm listening to lots of bar-heavy music, it's making me want, want to do that. Right. Um, recently, man, for this whole year, like, I've just been listening to reggae. I'm obsessed with reggae, dub reggae, roots no reggae, shit, rock yeah. steady. And so I've been trying to, like, write to, like, reggae instrumentals. Mm. And that's been a really fun thing to explore as well. Yeah, that's great because it's, like, it's different drum patterns it's different, different feeling. flavors feelings you're right yeah, yeah it's something that's um yeah it's just a different source energy right 100 percent, which is very cool and uh you're making some of that yourself oh uh, just just you know effing around with it right now yeah um i'm trying to experiment with singing but that's that's gonna be a long road <laughs> yeah well i mean you know i still believe that everyone can kind of fucking sing you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that just sing the way that you want to sound you know, it takes particular refinement. Would you take classes on it or would it be the kind of thing that you would just work on in isolation for ages? Um, yeah, it's something I could potentially be open to. Yeah. Um, my issue right now outside of music is I've got a lot of commitments right now. It's been a busy year for me. And like right. I'm, I've, all, I've started to do like uh, jiu-jitsu and CrossFit twice a week. That's great. And Nice, dude. Um, what was the other thing? And I'm also just trying to make more times to see family and stuff. Um, I want to also get back into Spanish. So I've just got like mm. lots of things that I do want to grow and, and, and do for myself. Um, I think sing, something like singing lessons would take less precedence because I'm still in exploring music um, in my downtime. Right. But when I do have other time outside of music, I, I want to push that towards developing other sort of skills for myself. Cool. What are some um, what are some daily or weekly practices that you have that kind of like keep you level, keep you grounded, grounded, <laughs> keep you on the path? Yeah, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Um, for me, it's my morning ritual, mm. and it's nothing hectic. Uh, it's literally just me getting out of bed, spinning vinyl, making coffee, making muesli, smashing that. Yeah, and if. Like, don't get me wrong, that always puts me in good mood, but if it's sunny outside, I'm golden for the whole day. Yeah. I'm, I'm really right. weather dependent. It doesn't take you too much. No, to, no. To get in the mood. No, I just yeah. have to start the day well, and I feel like that's actually really important. Um, yeah. yeah. That first, that first uh, foot out of bed should be one in the right direction. That's right. Yeah. You know? And I think, yeah. You know, coffee is one thing, but the, but the muesli, you know, setting the mood with the music... 
um, that's all super important, right? It is important. Yeah, I think it's it's a way of getting in touch with myself at the start of the day as well. Right. Um, so you know, like it gets a bit harder when I get up early for work. I still try to do that for myself some sometimes, but right. like if I if I don't get to do that and I go straight to work, I don't feel like I'm intact to myself. I'm going straight to doing work, and mm. we we know that we do work by means of survival. That's not something that we choose to do. For, like, oh, you know, that depends. Okay, that's a contentious no, statement, no, I, but. Yeah, D- depending on who you are, it's a contentious statement. But I-, I get it. Like you know, if you're going to work just to go to work, and you haven't like um, checked yourself before you go in, then you are going to be running on auto- autopilot and kind of mindless, you know, f- for the day, and you won't feel like you know you're there and present, right? Yeah, that's right. And I guess for your kind of work, like being present is quite important when it comes to. Are you still doing workshops and working with the kids and stuff? That's one of my jobs. Yeah. I've also started doing substitute teaching. Cool. Quite, uh, right. Like about twice a week and I, two days I work in a warehouse. Right. Well. So for, for the teaching stuff, I mean, if you're, you can't, you just have to be there and present. You yeah. have to be really dialed in, in the moment, in the room, yeah, reading the do. room, reading the people. I mean, that's really fucking important, right? <laughs> Man, it is. Um, that's something I'm new to as well. So I'm just really starting to explore that and learn who I am in that role. Mm. Um, but it's also been really rewarding. And yeah, I feel like you need to try and show up for yourself first before you can show up for other people. So it is important yes. to try and get in touch with yourself, especially when you're responsible for people's learning and like well-being like that. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, you can only help your. You can only help other people if you have put yourself in a position where you can yeah. help other people. You need to nurture yourself straight up. Yeah, and it's one thing to be nice and helpful, but if if you're not put together enough to be effective in yeah. helping, then sometimes you can just be hindering. Yeah, and it's tough because you're always the person that's hardest to help. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, please expand yeah. on that. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just, <laughs> God, I don't know, man. Um, it's just one of those things. It's, I think it's because a lot of times we're too close to our own picture to be able to see it for what it is. Yeah. Sometimes it also comes down to like lack of discipline and things like that. Yes. Uh, not, not pushing yourself to grow in the areas that you need to. Sometimes, but yeah, but sometimes you don't see those things because you're close to the picture. Mm. Um, we always, a lot of people, Sorry, people have a big heart and we always want to help other people. Yeah. But you also lack, um, you have a restricted sense of care for yourself sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm. You can be really hard on yourself uh, as well. And, and again, I just believe that that comes too close to being into your own picture. And I think that also comes down to your e- ego and all sorts of things as well. But right. I'm not, yeah. That is a good point. It is. It does seem easier to help other people than to help yourself because to truly help yourself takes a lot of energy a lot of resource a lot of thought a lot of care because taking you out of your comfort zone a lot of time taking you out of, yeah exactly because um, you're not looking after yourself if you're always comfortable yeah you know comfort can be a byproduct of hard work but yeah. it can't be like the thing that's most desirable definitely my brother also um, my brother also said something to me a while ago it stuck with me he said discipline comes from a calloused mind mm, yes and, uh, I feel like a lot of times it does come the discipline discipline really um, furthers your growth you it know? does it's the um, it's like the, the best autopilot to have it is yeah and it can be an autopilot yeah you just gotta callous the shit out of your mind you really do <laughs> you gotta have plenty of band-aids fucking oh, wrapped up oh boy <laughs> that's cool um, 
what are you uh, what are you working on moment? What are you working on at the moment? What's kind of coming up next for Pence? It's a great question, man. Um, I wish I had a solid answer for you. I don't really. I think cool. I've got a few songs I'm thinking around with, working on a track with Shining. Um, great. Yep, Kai's going to do scratches on that. I'm really keen for it. Powerful. Um, I'm actually going over to Kudos's tonight. We're gonna nice. we've got a joint that we're working on. So I think Bits and Bobs got another joint coming out with uh, 2207. Yeah, that we performed at Cactus. Yeah, that was great, man. Toby's Toby's dope. Yeah, um, no doubt. I never really like I didn't really know him before this most recent period. Yep. Um, and I've dipped, dipped into his, some of his tracks and stuff. Yep. Um, but it was yeah, he really bought it uh, and performs well. He performed really well live. Yeah, with no you. doubt. He holds it down. He seems uh, real comfy in that space, and I think he's been really enjoying the the scene coming back to life in a way. Yeah, shout outs to him because he's been like fully taking that on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he really embraces the scene because he has so much love for it. Yeah. Um, and he was always like really cool and down to help me as well. He actually hey. shot the Chupacabas video for me at his place of staying in Camberwell. So thank yeah. you, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. Really cool. Um, Do you feel like these uh, collaborations make it a bit easier to keep going with, with your music and stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think in a way, but I think in a way it's just me just uh, connecting to the scene in my own way, and I think like I I'm not I'm not necessarily someone like uh, Toby or, or Shine, and that's very consistent in being at all these events and stuff. I'm actually uh-huh. I'm a recluse by nature. Yeah. Um, so I think one way that I really that I love to try and get involved with the scene is to is to collaborate on music because yeah. I love I just love creating man so I think this is my, my one of my ways of doing that as well you're way more uh, studio time heavy than going out and seeing all the live shows and stuff yeah well like it, I, I wouldn't necessarily rank them but if I in a way de- yeah I would say so um, yeah. I just I've, I just love the creation process mm. I'm just in there for that and I got a lot of time for that that's cool I feel a little bit um feel a little bit more like I get a, so much of my drive and motivation from uh, from witnessing it. Yeah. Um, also, like, I'm super extrovert social person, so there's, like, that whole other element for me as well. But when I get to see it out there, out in the real world happening, it's like, why aren't I doing it? <laughs> Word. Yeah. So, like, what, what do you mean by that? Why aren't I doing it? Um, well, if they're out there doing it, what's my reason for not doing it? Like everyone's... Oh, it pushes you to, to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at all these fucking people doing the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Why aren't I just doing the thing? No doubt. I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So really enjoy that. Um, if you had to give some advice to somebody who just started writing and maybe they're like, they haven't got all the the ins and the, and the, and the ideas and, and like maybe they don't know much about like structure or picking patterns and all this kind of stuff if you had to tell them like three things to kind of get started what would you what would you advise a youngster i don't know about three things but one thing that just came to my mind is to try and practice being your authentic self from the outset okay i think you have to understand that things like structure and um like crafting tech that comes with time uh-huh. I think a good habit to try and get into from the start is to honestly think about what you really want to express I feel like mm. hip hop along with a lot of other genres come with so many tropes and 
I think it's important for an artist and then it, it's honestly it's individual decision sure you make the music you want to make but I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily insert their, their unique self into the music sometimes they're following tropes a bit blindly because that's because there's a framework yeah in place and so I guess I, I would just I would just say to try and at least um, not challenge the framework but just consider it right um, give it critical thought yeah, and yeah. think about how you want to be represented in your music and what you think what's something unique you think you can bring to the table right so instead of considering the idea that you want to be the next Lil Pump or whatever it is you just want to be you I thought that was a name you made up but that's a real MC yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I actually it's actually great advice because I was honestly pushing for technical advice yeah um, but I think that, that the mindset is well if you're exploring and expanding yourself your world your ideas your story then that probably does take precedent over anything else if you want to connect with other people through your music. I think it does. And I think um, that's why I said get into the habit of it early because then you have a better, a, a clearer association and framework and pathway to connecting to yourself when you create. Right. If you try to establish that later on, it gets really confusing, it gets difficult and you, you have a greater chance of being out of sync with yourself. So connect with yourself when you're starting to write and therefore you'll always have yourself to draw to whenever you dive into that creation process what, is, what does that look like um, you know in the creation process tapping into your authentic self like like what is what does that mean what does that look like that's a that's a that's a great question and it, I, it's hard to answer because it's different yeah. for for everyone and it's almost a bit more of a feeling than anything um, right it so, could it could be as simple as drawing on personal experience okay um, it could be uh, you know it's kind of like if you're writing a book, mm. you know, like a good writer draws on the unique things that they're acutely aware of or have experienced to give them an edge in their writing. Right. What so, generated strong feelings for them in their life? Yeah. Also, like if Stephen King, did you hear about Stephen King's obsession with Mama Number 5, by the way? No, I didn't. That's hilarious. <laughs> Apparently his wife almost divorced him. I don't know the full story, but it's, you should read about that later. That's hilarious. <laughs> if, if Stephen King had this, let's say, you know, um, I mean, he's a great writer, oh. but if he had uh, this obsession with Latin music, if he could find ways to incorporate that into his writing, then that gives a unique edge that's kind of like... A bit alluring, and like right. uh, that's kind of like, wow, this is this feels different. This feels unique. This feels like he's inserting a bit of himself into it. Right, like it's almost better to not necessarily be familiar, because if you just liked because you're familiar or, or 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 it's known territory, like if somebody, if an artist is trying to replicate sounds or replicate a, a vibe or something, then sure, an audience might like it because it's familiar, but yeah. they might not have that strong sense of like, whoa, this person sharing yeah. themselves. I feel like in terms of getting in touch with yourself, you really got to also think about your music being an extension of you. Yeah. You can feel it when the emotions are there for an artist, if there is a connection. Yeah. You know, and like a classic example might be Tupac. Yeah. Well, he was just rapping about gangbanging, you know, whatever. And of course, that's not all he did. But even when he did... Yeah. You could, you could feel the authentic emotions and that's why he right. is considered the best because he is the closest thing to a soul artist that hip-hop has because mm. he just connected with himself and so he, well through yeah, his music. Or he, he bared his soul. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no yeah. doubt he did. Too much. Powerful. 
Cool. Well, I think that's uh, that's a great share and probably a great um, point in the podcast to, to kind of wrap it up. It's Easy, been man. good. I feel like we've we've had a great powwow. Covered a lot of ground. Got grounded. Covered ground. Got grounded. Um, is there any final words or anything you want to leave us with? Um, thank you, man. Cool. Uh, that's all I have. Love y'all. One yeah. love. Ja. That's ja. it. Killer. <laughs> Make sure to check out Sixpence on Spotify and YouTube and all those cool platforms. Thanks again, man, for having us on and beings of the multiverse. Just stay grounded. Bless. Thank you, man. Cool. Cheers.